lost and driven on the restless sea of time. So the stars and hollow timbers all should see the bright sunshine in that land of perfect day. When the mist are rolled away, we will understand it better by and by. Good evening, everybody. Pray God's blessings over you and your family. Pray that you are strengthened and encouraged tonight. And I pray that you will be blessed by what you shall hear on tonight as well. During this season, we all need to be encouraged. We all need to be strengthened. And I pray that the words that are spoken tonight that God gives to you will help you along your journey and along your path to grow closer to him and to help your light shine a little brighter. Can I pray with you briefly? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this time, Lord, for our destiny to be corrected by your word. Strengthen us, Lord, by your word. Allow it to be a lamp into our feet and a light into our path. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. And God bless you. We're sharing part two of what we shared on Sunday. We've been sharing in this season that they, we're in the fourth quarter of 2020, 2020, the fourth quarter, and it is the final quarter of the year. We've been hashtagging, we got this. And if you're watching and you want to share this with someone at this time, why don't you do that? Hashtag, we got this. Go ahead and tag their name in this stream. Share this stream on your page. Share it on a group that you belong to. Share it on that page. But help to attach somebody to this word so that they can be blessed and encouraged tonight as well. We're going quickly to the word of the Lord. Again, we're sharing from our series, 2020, the final quarter. And we're going to talk from Sunday. We're continuing what we spoke on Sunday. Our subtopic on Sunday was, who do you trust? Who do you trust? And we want to give you part two of that. We were unable to share it in its entirety on Sunday. And we want to conclude that tonight. From the thought, who do you trust? To give context to our, our sharing and our thought, what we said was during the fourth quarter, sometimes you make some adjustments to your team. During the fourth quarter, sometimes you tighten up your squad a little bit. There are certain people that you trust to play, and maybe there are certain people you don't trust to play in the team environment. The coach is looking out and he's saying, who do I trust with the ball? Who do I trust not to turn the ball over? Who do I trust to make the right play? 
And in your life, you have a team as well. And you have to evaluate your team to make sure that those around you are prepared for what God is trying to do next in your life. So again, we're going to ask the question in this thought and on tonight and continuing our thought from Sunday, who do you trust? In considering this, what came to mind to me was the story of Joseph. Very prevalent story for many, a very familiar story for many. But we shared on Sunday that we were addressing some things that are important about evaluating your team, trying to figure out who you can trust. So we went to Joseph, we went to Genesis 37, and I'm going to ask you to join us there again. Genesis 37, and we started at verse 3. Genesis 37 and 3 reads, Now Israel loved Joseph more than any other of his sons, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a robe or coat of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. You see here that Joseph, he had a dream. He had aspirations. He had something that God had shared with him. And as we said on Sunday, he had members on his team that were his blood relatives, but yet they did not want to share with him. They did not want to accept what God was trying to do in his life. So later in the text, and we're going, and we're going there now tonight for the continuation of our thought, Later in the text, Joseph goes to find his brothers. And we see this here again in Genesis 37, a little further down in Genesis 37 and 17. It says, so Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him from afar and before he came near to them, they conspired against him to kill him. Before he even got to them, before he arrived to them, they saw him in the distance. On Sunday, we shared, they didn't really see Joseph. What they saw was Joseph's coat. They saw a representation of his favor. And you have to evaluate, how do people treat you when they know that you're favored of God? How do they treat you when they know that you are favored of God? If they're really your friends, their treatment of you should not change. They should treat you the same if they're really your friends. But how do people treat you once they see that you're favored of God? And all Joseph's coat was, was a representation of his father's favor over his life. We warned you on Sunday about different symbiotic relationships that you see naturally in biology and in nature. And there are basically three. And when we were talking about these symbiotic relationships, we analogized it to the type of relationships you have in your own life and see where people fit in terms of these relationships. We talked about the mutualistic relationship. That's the relationship where you give into somebody, you pour into somebody, and they pour back into you. These are very healthy relationships because in all your pouring and giving out to people, you need someone who will also pour back and give back to you. We also talked about the, co the communalistic relationship. That is the type of relationship where people benefit off of you, but you do not receive any benefit off of them. In nature, we talked about the bird who forms a nest in the tree. 
The tree doesn't benefit from the nest or the bird being there, but the bird benefits from having a home set in the tree. There are certain people in your life, they benefit of, off of you, but you don't benefit off of them, but their being there doesn't hurt you. The nest being in the tree doesn't hurt the tree and neither does it help it. But the final relationship that we said that you have to warn yourself against is the parasitic relationship, the parasite. You might label this the taker, the person who takes from you, but not only when they take, they harm you. You pour into them and you pour so much into them that it hurts you, it exhausts you, it drains you. You pour all your energy and your strength into them. You pray over them and cry over them to the point that it emotionally and mentally cripples you from being a benefit to yourself or to anybody else. These are the relationships you have to cut off. They're not beneficial to you. When we talk about the parasitic relationship, think of the heartworm. The heartworm infects the host, gets inside the chambers of the heart and multiplies to the point that it kills the host. It kills the organism where it's living. And I asked the question on Sunday and I'll ask it again for those of you who were not listening. Who's killing you? Who's killing you? Some of you have relationships in your life right now that are literally draining your emotional strength and causing you to have physical manifestations of the emotional problems that have been put on you by others. You really need to question who's killing you. Is it God's design that someone so emotionally drains you and that it causes you physical harm to your body to the point that you can be of no benefit to yourself or anybody else? Is that God's will? That doesn't sound like God's will. Watch out for the parasite and examine in your life who's killing you. Tonight, we want to concentrate specifically on people. We, we talked about it. We broached it on Sunday. But I said on Sunday that people don't hate you until they see it. And by it, we mean the favor on your life. When people really see the favor that God has placed on your life, that's really when you see where people stand whether people really like you or not. Sometimes you think people like you until you get into a position of favor and then you really find out where people stand. So the thing about it is we have to uh, surround ourselves with people who see us in the future, who see us for what God has promised us. See, Joseph's dream, Joseph's dream just planted the seed in his brother's mind that they did not like him, that they, did, that they uh, felt that he thought he was better than they were. That's what planted the seed. But you know what really provoked them to try and kill him? It was the coat. The coat was the manifestation of his father's favor. And when they saw the coat, it literally drove them crazy. They already could not stand him. It said they could not even speak peacefully to him. But when they saw that coat, it drove them mad. It drove, drove them crazy. And I want you to understand that this is not an anomaly. That there are people around you that when they see God's favor operating in your life, it drives them crazy. It drives them mad. They don't know what to do. Sometimes you see the look on people's face and you wonder, why do people not like me? Why, why do they work against me? Why do they speak bad against me behind my back? What you don't realize is that when they see manifestations of God's favor on your life, it hurts them. It drives them crazy. They look at you side-eyed. And sometimes that side eye look is just like the look that Joseph's brothers gave him. I said it on Sunday, I'll say it again. Sometimes they just felt in their heart. They didn't want him to die. They just wanted him to go away. They didn't need him to die. 
They just wanted him to go to go away, and ultimately that's what they did. They sold him to the Ishmaelite uh, Midianite trade, traders and sold him as a slave to, to take him into Egypt. And that satisfied them because it wasn't his death that they really wanted. They wanted him to go away. They wanted his dreams to go away. They want, didn't want his favor to be rubbed in his face, in their faces. And some of you, some of you wondering, what is that look that my coworker has? It seems like they're, they don't like me. I'm telling you, they just want you to go away. They don't like to see the favor of God continuously operating in your life. And when it's a devil operating inside of them, they cannot stand it. It irritates them. They just want you to go away. Going away makes them feel better because then they do not have to examine their own lives. They do not have to examine their own relationship with God. But when they see that continuous favor operating in front of their eyes, it causes contempt to be in their heart and they just want you to go away. That's all it is. It's the God in you that is operating and causing all things to work on your behalf. Again, be cautious. Who's on your team and who do you trust in this quarter of your life? The other thing that we saw about, you should understand about your team, is that if you have a good team, they will acknowledge what is on you. They will acknowledge what is on you. They will acknowledge God operating in your life. They will see things on you that others will not see. They will, they will notice things that God's trying to do for you and they will point out those things that God's trying to do. Sometimes you might be too modest to point it out for yourself, but if you have a good team, if you have good friends, they see things happening for you in your life and they will speak on those things that God is doing for you. They'll speak on God's favor. You need people in your life who remind you of how gifted you are, who remind you of how blessed you are, who remind you of how far you've come. They've seen your past, but they don't judge you by your past. But they can tell you in your present that they're proud of you, that you are blessed and favored of God. You do not have to speak and tell people how blessed and favored you are. There are other people who will acknowledge and see what God has put on you and acknowledge that to your face that I see that. Because you see, it's easier for other people to see what's on you than it is for you, for you to see it yourself. Women can identify with this. Women, when you go shopping, you usually like to go shopping with a partner, especially if you're going to try on clothes. You want, to, you want someone else to be with you. Why? Because when you go to the dressing room, you want to come out. You want to make your little turn around and see if, how somebody else views you in those clothes. You want them to see that, that dress, that, that new skirt, that new top. You want them to see it on you and to give their honest opinion because it's easier for them to see what's on you than it is for you to see it yourself. The same is with God's favor and God's blessings. It's easier for others to see what is on you. And if you have a good team and people you can trust, they will tell you that God's favor is on you. They'll remind you of his blessings on your life. They will help to encourage you and strengthen you even during dark times when you don't see it. The lesson there is God's favor is on you even when you don't see it. God's favor is on you, even when you don't see it. The question is, do you have a team that you trust enough to remind you of God's favor when you cannot see it for yourself? Let me say that again. Do you have a team that you trust enough that will remind you that God's favor is on your life, even when you're going through a dark time and you cannot see his favor on you for yourself? Again, 
The question is, who do you trust? Who's on your team? Sometimes we're so colored by our past that we only see the evil things that are amplified upon us. And that's what the devil, that's the trick of the devil. He wants you to feel like that you are your past, that you are what you went through, that you are what you've overcome, that you're always just a single mom. You're always just a divorcee, someone left you. You're always the person that has been released from that job. But I want you to know that when you have a team you can trust, they remind you that God has brought you a long way. Yes, she left you. Yes, he left you. But yes, you're still blessed of God. Yes, you're still favored of God. The continuation of the thing is that we must understand that we're the master. We're the main character in our own story. And sometimes people were written in the script in pencil and now they've been erased. Just because they're no longer in the story doesn't mean that you were abandoned. It just meant that they were there for only a, such a time and that God has taken you to another level. Never forget, God is always the author of your story and that you're always the main character in what God is trying to do in your life. They sometimes, but, but as I was saying, that you see things, other people can see things sometimes better than you can. They can see what God's doing in your life. See, Joseph's brothers, they were hating on his coat, but in hating on his coat, they weren't really hating on Joseph. If, if they thought about it, the focus of their anger should not have been their brother. The focus of their anger should have been their father. Remember what the text said? Verse three said, now Jacob loved Joseph more than all of his brothers. That had nothing to do with Joseph. That was not his fault. That was Jacob who had made that decision to have his heart with Joseph. And as a result of that, he knitted him that coat of many colors that coat that ultimately led to his brothers trying to kill him or even send him, sending him away. That coat was a representation of how much Jacob loved Joseph, not how much Joseph loved Jacob. It was a representation of how much the father loved his son. Now, now if Jacob loved his son that much and Jacob is just a man, how much more does your heavenly father love you? How much more does God love and consider you? So sometimes the things that people hate about you aren't even your fault. They don't even come from you. It's just a representation of how much God loves you. His favor is just a reminder of how much he loves you. So when they hate what you think they're hating on you, they're really hating on God. They're not hating on you, they're hating on God because that favor is just a signal of how much God loves you. And you know what God said? God said, let them hate on me. When they hate on your favor, they're hating on me. Let them hate on me, that's okay if they hate me. The thing about it is he's saying, because they're hating on me and not hating on you, why are you worried about it? Why are you trying to get back at them? because they're hating on me. They're not hating on you. The favor that is on you is all my fault. It's not your fault. God said, I've got this. So that's why the psalmist said, when the wicked, even my enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. David said, I don't have to fight this fight. God saying, my favor is my fault. So I've got this. 
The writers continued in Psalm 110 and 1. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Again, God saying your favor is not your fault. Your favor is a representation of how much I love you. So when people try to work against you because of my favor, don't worry about it. I've got this. Just let me handle it. Finally, you'll see here in Romans 12 and 19, it says, beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place or give, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. God saying, don't fight this for yourself. He's saying, I got this. Just let me handle it and I will show you the victory. I want to ask this question. I want to ask this question. And this is a question you ought to ask your team and those who are around you. Can you love me with my coat on? Can you love me? with my coat on. Can you love me with my coat on? In other words, can you love me with my favor on? Can you love me with my favor on? Have you ever had to hide your blessings or your success from your friends? I want you to think about that. Have you ever had to hide your success or your favor? from your friends. I want you to think about that for a moment because I'm going to say challenge you on that. If you've had to hide your success and your favor from them, then they're not really your friends. They're not truly your friends. Or at the very least, they should not be important members of your team that can hang with you in the fourth quarter. How can you trust them? if you cannot even share your success and your favor with them. I'm not talking about bragging. I'm not, God gives no room for bragging. The haughty spirit or those who are high-minded. Pride comes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. I'm not talking about bragging. I'm talking about literally having to hide your success from those people who are around you. You shouldn't have to hide your success. You shouldn't have to hide your favor if they're truly with you if they're truly your friends, if they're valuable members of your team. I ask the question again, and you ought to ask it of your team. Can you love me with my coat on? Can you love me with my favor on? I should not have to hide my favor for you to treat me like your brother. I'll say it again. I should not have to hide my favor for you to treat me like your brother. Evaluate your team. Evaluate who's with you. Think about those questions because you should never have to hide the favor that God has placed on your life. I'm going to close with this. We broached it on Sunday. We talked about watch other people can see what's on you. And we spoke a little bit about it tonight. But if the, you have the right member on your team, good members of your team will point out what they see on you. Good members will. They will point out what they see on you. They'll, they'll show you what they see on you. They'll show you that you have favor. They will be happy and celebrate with you 
when good things happen in your life. They'll celebrate your success. They're the people who line up to applaud and be there for you, to encourage you when you're down, to remind you of God's favor on your life, to remind you how much God loves you. These are the type of people you need to surround yourself with. Good team members, good team members, not every team member, but I'm talking about good team members will point out to you what God has put on you. So if you don't have people like this who help point out what God has done for you, who don't, who don't help point out how good God has been to you, who don't point out the favor in your life, maybe it's time to get some new team members because apparently you can't trust the ones that are with you. I want you to consider this thought and I'm going to leave, it with, leave this with you. Think about this in this story. I want you to consider this. Who pointed out what was on Joseph? Who was the person that pointed out God's favor to Joseph? I'm talking about who pointed it out to his face. Who was the person who told Joseph how favored of God he was? It wasn't his brothers. It wasn't his father. It wasn't the slave traders that picked him up along the road. It wasn't even Potiphar when he worked so honorably in his house. But Joseph had to be thrown in the cistern. He had to endure slavery. He had to be banished from his master's house and thrown into prison before anybody ever pointed out the favor that was on his life. And it wasn't his brothers, his mother, his father, Potiphar, not even the cupbearer, the chief cupbearer that Joseph prophesied to, that he interpreted his dream and told him that he'd be restored to, to, the, to the house of Pharaoh. Not, it was not even him who pointed out what was on Joseph. You know who it was that pointed out what was on Joseph? It was Pharaoh. Think about it. All the way that Joseph had to come, all the things that he had to endure, and all the things, people that he helped along the way, it took Pharaoh to tell Joseph to his face the favor of God was on him. You find that in Genesis 41 and 30, 38. Genesis 41, 38. Pharaoh says to Joseph and said to his servants, can we find a, a man like this in whom is the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. There is none. You shall be over my house and all my people shall order themselves as you command. Only as regards to the throne will I be greater than you. Out of all the people that Joseph helped, out of all of his relatives, his brothers, his mother, his father, out of all the people he helped along the way, it took him to get to Pharaoh before he pointed out to him what was on him. Beautiful, beautiful thing about the story of Joseph that we share, and I'm, and I'm finished, is that Joseph, he never grew bitter. He never grew bitter in what God was doing for him. Didn't grow bitter. Other people may not have shared what was on him, but he didn't grow better. But I want to say this to you, and I want you to think about this as it relates to the, your team. 
If you cannot see what is on me or appreciate what is in me, then our relationship is just about you. I want you to think about that for a moment. If you cannot see what is on me or appreciate what is in me, then our relationship is just about you. That means you're not the mutualist. That that means you're not pouring into me and I'm pouring into you. At the very most, you're a communalist, which means you're surviving in my space and you're benefiting. And you're not hurting me, but neither am I benefiting. At worst, it's a parasitic relationship, like a parasite. You're living in my space. You're sucking up my energy. I'm pouring into you to the point that it's hurting me. It's hurting me like the tick, like the heartworm. Your relationship is not our relationship is not benefiting me. It's only hurting me because the relationship is not about us. It's certainly not about me. It must only be about you. But despite whoever survives in your space, I want you to keep Genesis 50 and 20 in your spirit. Despite what may be going on and how others may have hurt you or harmed you. I want you to keep Genesis 50 and 20 in your heart and in your mind. And what does Genesis 50 and 20 say? After all these things, after all that he went through, this is the message that Joseph had to leave for his brothers. Joseph said, you intended to harm me. The King James Version says, you meant it for my evil. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Yes, you meant it for my evil. Yes, you intended to harm me and you intended to hurt me. You intended to derail my, you tried to kill my dream. You tried to throw me off the track of destiny. But everything that you intended for my harm has worked out for my good. Can I pray with you? Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for those who have heard your words on tonight. We pray that they are strengthened and encouraged to go further, to evaluate their teams, to evaluate their choices. But in it all, Lord, to be encouraged that you're with them all along the way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Our hashtag for this series has been, we got this. And the reason I say we got this is because no matter how you feel right now in your heart, you're never alone. God is always with you. Be blessed. And I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Jeremiah 3 and 15. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings the good news. Isaiah 52 and 7. Bright Temple, coming soon. Our pastor and first family love day. Sunday, November the 15th at 10 a.m. at Bright Temple. Come help us celebrate our pastor and first family with an offering of love, gifts, and monetary contributions. If you decide to come by on Sunday, November the 15th at 10 a.m., please remember to practice social distancing. You can make your monetary contributions by Givelify, Cash App, or by mailing your gift to the church. Please specify your contribution under Pastor Anniversary slash Love Day.
thank you in advance for helping us celebrate our pastor and first family. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.